As Pastor Radika said, we just came in last night uh, from uh, D.C. Uh, we were in Washington, D.C. for the Culture Shapers Summit. What a blessing that was. Uh, we, we got contacted, uh, we connected with Oz Hillman uh, sometime back, and he was saying, you know, uh, you've got one of the biggest footprints of Christian businesses and, and ministries and organizations in the nation. Would you come? And I want to introduce you to uh, Steve Green, you know, with Hobby Lobby and Roma Downing and, 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 and those uh, influencers of those seven mountains. And he says, I feel, feel like uh, we can uh, come together and we can be stronger. So uh, we made the sacrifices that were necessary to go and be a part of this. And uh, what a blessing it was as we were there, which brought me back to uh, what I've, I, I feel like is so important. Uh, there's questions. Who are we? And uh, questions, why do we do what we do? And I just wanted to bring clarification for us here at Christian Embassy so that we understand who we are and why we do the things that we do. I feel like it's important to answer that. And, uh, and, and I can't, and as you hear who we are and why we do what we do, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of God would affirm and confirm in your heart and in your mind that you want to be a part of who we are and you want to be a part of doing the fulfilling the why we do what we do. Uh, so I'm just going to break it down. God's a God of names. He tells us I am Jehovah Jireh. I'm your God, your provider. So you don't never have to worry. You don't ever, ever have to worry. You can call on him. And he says, you can call on me by name. I'm not just God. I am your God who provides for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that good to know? I am Jehovah Jireh. He said, I am El Shaddai. I am the God of more than enough. You'll never have a need bigger than what I have supplied. You'll never have a challenge bigger than I have the answer for it. You'll never be pressured with too much pressure that I don't have the power to take that away. Hallelujah. I'm El Shaddai. I'll feed a multitude with a little boy's lunch and then make each of my disciples carry a basket full of over or leftovers home so they can be reminded I'm El Shaddai. I'm God of more than enough. God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than the infirmity that has attacked your body. God is bigger than the challenge you're facing. So He is your El Shaddai. He said, that's my name. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your God, your healer. I am your God, your physician. I, fixed, I created your body, and I can fix your body. If the devil attacks it, I can fix it. I am your healer. That's my name. That's who I am. You will call my son Jesus, for He will come and save the world. He will save the world. He's a Savior. His name is Jesus. So God is a God of names, and, and, uh, and I, unfortunately, when we started this church in 92, I got caught up in a little church planting class that I went and joined up in, and uh, we were just talking, and ideas were coming, what are we going to, what, 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 Pastor Tim, are you going to name the church? And I said, you know, I hadn't thought about that, what are we going to name the church? So we just started talking, and someone there that had some experience in church planting said, you know what, maybe we should call it, you should call it uh, a name that identifies with the community. So I said, uh, well, there's no real community here. I said, there's a Mill Pond subdivision. That was about all that was here, and it was kind of new back then. And uh, I said, but, you know, there's, there's you know, Trailer Park Hyde, you know, the school across the road. It was just had a gymnasium and nothing but trailers for classrooms, so they call it Trailer Park Hyde. And uh, I said, you know, they hadn't built all their buildings yet. So it was like, no, um, we don't want, you know, Trailer Park Church. That, that's probably not the right name. And uh, so th then somebody said, well, what's the name of the road you're, you're on? I said, it would be Centerville Turnpike. 
So they said, well, why not name it after the road? I said, well, that'll help people to find it. So we came up with Centerville Christian Fellowship. So when we started the church for a number of years, we were CCF, Christian, Centerville Christian Fellowship. And uh, one day we were down in South Carolina in Charleston, and Pastor Dick and I were coming out of Charleston over the old Cooper River Bridge there. And the Lord spoke to us and said, you didn't consult me when you asked about the name of this church, when you named this church. You didn't consult me. He said, I, you call it Christian Embassy International, I mean Christian, Centerville Christian Fellowship, but I, I call it Christian Embassy International. And we're like, whoa, did you hear that? Wow. So we came back that Sunday, I believe it was, and we said, look, guys, we got to change the name of the church. God spoke. And he said, we've got a name, but he has a name. And I'd rather call it the name that he calls it, okay? So we changed it. Nobody complained. A few people kept writing CCF on their checks instead of CEIC. But, uh, you know, bank worked with that. That was no problem. And, uh, and, but there was no ripple effect of that. And it was a big, big move. But it was a move because of the hand of God or the voice of God. So our church is named Christian Embassy International Church, okay? And, and it's not just the name we pull out of a hat. It's the name God told us to call this place because first and foremost, we're Christian and we're not ashamed of that. And as a Christian, we are Christocentric, which means Jesus Christ is the center. This is not a man's church, a woman's church. This is not Pastor Tim's church. This is not uh, some board's church. This is not, this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he told me to keep my fingerprints off of it and you keep your fingerprints off of it because it's not about us building our kingdom. It's about us building his kingdom. Amen. So we are Christian, and Jesus said in John 14 and 6, He said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That makes some people upset to hear that. But, you know, I don't have the, I'm not in the position to override God. And you say, well, I argue with God. Well, you take it up with Him one day. Eternity is at stake here, but I'm going to take His Word as divinely inspired as He said it is, and I'm going to do what He said, and I'm going to follow His Word. And I don't think Buddha is going going to get you to heaven and I don't think Muhammad is going to get you to heaven and I don't think any other kind of God is going to get you to heaven because none of them came, lived a sinless life and shed sinless blood to pay our sinful account. None of them but Jesus Christ. And he who laid his life down on the third day took it up so that he could guarantee us eternal life. He is the first fruit from the dead and even though these bodies will die, the Bible says we will live forever. So I'm here to tell you Jesus is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. We are Christian Embassy International Church. We are first and foremost Christian. We are Christ-centered. He is our Savior. There is no other way. He is our Deliverer. He is our example. We don't want to live like so-and-so and so-and-so. We want to live like Jesus. We're going to follow His example. If we're going to be called Christians, we are of Christ and like Christ so that we can let Him be our model. And then our name is Christian Embassy, which is the official residence of the offices of ambassadors. Ambassadors gather at the embassy and get the instructions and all the details of what they're going to be doing for that day and doing for that week. So the embassy is a body of persons entrusted with a mission to a sovereign or a government. And we understand that God says we are representatives here on earth. 
We are, Jesus said, pray this daily, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That you and I understand that we are here as, as, as uh, you might would say, ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, uh, but this church is an embassy where ambassadors gather to represent a kingdom that is not of this world, but a kingdom that we can usher into this world. Hallelujah. So we are an embassy. And then the Lord said, international. So the, he says, I care about the whole world. And I want you to care about the whole world. And I'm telling you, that means every shade of brown he cares about. And I said every shade of brown, if you hadn't seen it before, none of us are white. Now, I'm whiter right now before the spring and summer comes than I'm going to be. I'm going to be a darker shade of brown, but winter has been rough on me. But I'm still not white, okay? We are all shades of brown, and we are all of one family, one race, and that is the race of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we are to be a church that is Christ-centered, who understand we have an assignment from a kingdom that is not of this world, but God wants to invade and impact and influence this world. And we are to be a people of every color, of every age group, and of every people group that we can be. And if we can't have them all gathered here from speaking every tongue and every tribe and every nation, we can be sending in a part of them. And if you look at all the flags around this place, showing you that we are reaching out to the nations of the world. We're raising up Christian embassy churches in continents and in countries around the world that are meeting today. Some of them with their time zone met yesterday, which was there today. And some of them will be meeting to uh, hours later than us even now. But they are, they're taking what we're saying here and doing and we do welcome all of you and we reach out through these cameras and say we pray for you and we thank God for you and we, and we continue to intercede that the mighty hand of God would work miraculously in and through your congregations and, and it is all about this international. Jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned. That is the words of Christ and he cares about about the whole world. He said in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So we are an international church on purpose. We are called by God to reach every tribe and every tongue. Man, when I saw, God took me and showed me in Revelation, there around the throne of heaven, there was every tribe and every tongue standing there worshiping God. Every color, every shade of brown that you could imagine gathered there worshiping God. God said, this is what the church should look like. This is what the church should look like. And then I look back down on the earth and I see Sunday being one of the most segregated days of the week. And I said, wait a minute, that's starting off our day that's the first fruit of our day. It should not be. So when we started this church, we were intentional. We said, no, we want, every, we want red and yellow, black and white, purple, green and orange and anything in between. Let it come because we are called of God to make disciples of all the nations and he wants us to reach the whole world. Hallelujah. So we are here by diversity on purpose. 
And I love you and I thank you for willing to break the status quo, break the, the, the religion mountain that was, was being used by Satan. We were in the Museum of the Bible and there they have uh, the slave Bible. And the slave Bible has pages torn out of it, the exodus torn out of it so that the slaves couldn't see and read the story of God delivering the people, telling Pharaoh, let my people go. And I'm telling you what, what a shame that people who know when they were tearing those pages out of the Bible, they knew that that was not pleasing to the Lord. They were going to try and use this Bible to propagate and continue something that was contrary to God in the name of God. I'm telling you, it's time we, we shed our uh, image and we come before the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not here as hypocrites to put on a face and look all pretty. We're here to represent a risen Savior in His holiness and His righteousness where we have died to ourselves, that we have taken up our cross and we're following Him so that we can make an impact to the people around the world. And then our name is Christian Embassy International Church. We are a church. An ecclesia is the word in the Bible used in the Greek. That means that we're called out, ecclesia, ec, called out from our homes to gather together, to assemble together, to worship, be equipped, and govern. That word, that's what it means. To be called out of our, it was actually a secular term, called out of our homes, called together to assemble so that we could be equipped and for us as Christians to worship so that we could govern. I'm telling you, we're here this morning and you say the, the hour, two hours I'm going to put in here, I'm just doing God a favor. No, God's doing you a favor. He has called you out. You are a part of the calling of God. We are a church. We've been gathered together in this assembly and He is wanting you to worship Him so that you can drop off and kick off every other false god and every idol and your flesh that you've been worshiping. All of us get tempted to do what the flesh wants to do and you say, well, that's just the flesh. No, you're worshiping the flesh. You're putting your flesh before God. you got to say, no, no, no. i got to take up, i got to uh, crucify myself. Take up my cross and follow Him daily, the Bible says, right? So we worship God. We get our focus back on track here in this assembly so that we get equipped so we can govern. Where are we to govern? Well, first you're to govern over your own life. Then you're to govern over your home. But then you're to have the influence to govern in all of these seven uh, areas that Pastor Radika was talking about earlier because of the importance of how that impacts our lives. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 18, if you remember when he asked, who do men say that I am? Are you this, this, this? He said, who do you say that I am? And Peter got a revelation from God, the Father. He said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ, Christos, you're the anointed one. Wouldn't the last name it means you're the anointed one. You're the one that came to lift the burden and destroy the yoke. You're the Christos, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, he says, uh, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. But then he goes on and he says, I also say to you that you are Peter. Now, Jesus is using the Greek here, and uh, he is specific in the words he uses. Now, I believe God, speaking here on earth, knows how to use the language of the day. And when he uses a particular word, he means what he uses. It wasn't a mistake, okay? He says, you are Peter, which is in the Greek Petros. In the 
original language, Petros, which means a little stone. So you see the arrow pointing over here to this little stone. You are Peter. You are Peter. And on this rock, and he uses the word Petra, which means this massive boulder, like a big mountain. He found that upon this massive boulder, I will build my church. Now, it doesn't take many to really understand here that he was not telling Peter, I'm building my church on you. Okay, that's not what he said. It's so clear. It's amazing what his, how we can twist the Scripture and build our own kingdom. Okay? Here he says, Peter, you're going to be a part of this kingdom. And he says, but you are not the foundation. The foundation is that, that revelation you just got. I am the Christ. It's the anointing that my kingdom will be built upon. And he says, and I will build my church, my ecclesia, I called out, out of their homes into an assembly so I can equip them during their time of worship to send them forth to govern. I'm building my church and in their governance, the gates of hell is going to take an impact. The gates of hell cannot prevail against what the church is going to do. Once they worship, they come out of their homes, they assemble together, they get equipped, they get themselves uh, uh, humbly before me again so that they're drawing their strength and their power from me rather than their own ego and, and ignorance. And now I can send them with this anointing of the boulder that they have, that this anointing that breaks yokes and lifts burdens will go out and tear the gates of hell apart. Hallelujah. And yes, the Bible says the gates of hell. See, in every city around the world, there's this unseen battle that is raging for dominion over God's creation and over the souls of people. And this battle is fought in these seven strategic fronts looming like mountains and, and, and over the, uh, the culture to shape the influence and its destiny. And we've got to recognize this. And for too many years, it's like the church has retreated from its place in bringing light to these mountains and leaving a void that then gets filled with gross darkness. We see the results of that. When, when we lose our influence, please hear me with this, when we lose our influence, we lose the culture. And when we lose the culture, we fail to advance the kingdom of God. And Jesus says we're to pray daily for His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But when we lose our influence, we, we lose the culture. And when we lose the culture, we fail to advance the kingdom of God. And I believe God is calling us back to our purpose and back to the plan that He has for us. And I believe that comes to our identity here at Christian Embassy. We are an embassy because embassies have ambassadors. And guess what? You are one. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, the Apostle Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Supernatural, born-again experience. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You're a minister. You're, if you're born again, you're a minister. You say, well, I want to be ordained. I'll ordain you right now in the name of Jesus. You're a minister from the Word of God. And your ministry is for reconciliation. It's for bringing things back into the order of Christ rather than being a part of the chaos and the destruction that the enemy is trying to bring. So we are ministers of reconciliation. 
Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. What did Jesus say? He'd build His church on the Christos, the Christ, the revelation, the anointing. We are ambassadors of this anointing. That's what the church is built upon, this anointing. And the anointed one, we're ambassadors for Christ as though God is now pleading through us. God has chosen through His masterful plan to now plead and do His work and influence and ministry through us who are born again. Not someone who's gone through a certain degree program. Not someone that is uh, given so much money. Not someone that has jumped through these hoops. But those who are a new creation in Christ Jesus, born again. If you're born again, you're an ambassador. And you're a part of the plan of God for Him to plead through you so that the world can be reconciled to God. We we are to impact the world with our influence as ambassadors. And this word ambassadors, uh, press B-E-O, is, uh, means a representative, means a diplomat. You're a diplomat. Look at somebody and say, you're a diplomat. You're a diplomat. You know, some of the uh, terms you call uh, an ambassador is your excellency or your honor. Okay. So you see an ambassador here today, you can say, Your Honor, it's nice to be in your presence. Your Excellency, it's nice to be in your presence. Because to be ambassadors for Christ means that we are His diplomatic agents of highest rank. Everybody wants to feel imported. Everybody wants to feel like they're here for a purpose. You are! You're an ambassador. You are a diplomatic agent of God of the highest rank. We're to represent King Jesus and we're authorized to speak on His behalf in His name. We are the voice of heaven to the earth. And the earth is not hearing the voice of heaven when we fail to speak, when we fail to uh, impact the, the, the culture around us. It's time we open our mouth. Some people say, oh, oh, the world needs, we need a revival. We need a Holy Ghost revival. I love the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I love you. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. You can live in me and flow through me. I don't want to grieve you. But let me tell you what. In the beginning, the Bible says that this, this world was, it was darkness. It was chaos. It was void. It was empty. And the Spirit of God hovered over that. There was Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost hovering over this mass of nothingness, darkness, and voidness. And then God said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit took the word that God spoke on this to be earth and gave us what we have today. So that's God's plan. The power source of God's presence, His Holy Spirit, is here. And He's hovering over the darkness of many of these uh, spheres of influence in our lives. He's hovering over. He's just waiting for the church, the ambassadors, who are the voice of heaven to the earth, to speak the Word of God and to bring the power of God to manifest. You've been invested with royal power through the name of Jesus and the authority of His blood. I love 1 Peter 2 and 9. How can we get, not talk about this without looking at verse 9? But you are a chosen generation. You are chosen. Every one of you under the sound of my voice, please hear me whether you're tuning in or you're sitting here or you're out in the foyer. Let me tell you what. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. I'm telling you, you're already ordained. 
Quit, quit trying to get the, 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 the approval of man. Walk with the approval of God. You are ordained a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. A holy nation. You are God's own special people. Why? That we might go around with our finger under our lapel and say, look how good I am. Look how... No! That you might what? Proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness. We all were in darkness, but He called us out of darkness into His marvelous life. We are to proclaim the praises. We are to tell everybody how good He is, how good He's been to us, how good He's going to be to us. We are to let the world know we are here to proclaim the praises of Him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're called, just like that moon is reflecting the sun, what you see on the screen there. That moon has no power in itself to reflect that kind of light. But let me tell you what, it was created to be a reflecting agent in the heavens to the earth. And in the same way, you were created to be a reflecting agent of heaven on earth. And the light of God wants to shine in you, but through you, reflect on you, so that the world around you might know about the goodness of God. Hallelujah. We are called to be salt and light. Salt and light. You know what the Bible says? Jesus said in Matthew 13, uh, 5, 13, He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing. Please, God, don't let us fall into that trap where we've lost our seasoning, we've lost our effectiveness, we've lost our influence, and we're good for nothing, worth nothing more than to be trampled underfoot. God, help the church awaken and the church arise and we as individuals see our place that we're not going to lose our effectiveness. We're not going to lose what we were created to be so that we can be influencers. You are the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. You don't light a lamp and put it under a basket or you put it on a lampstand. That's the purpose. And it gives light to all who is in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So if you put in your hand to anything and it's not good works, let me tell you what. You are a part of the kingdom of darkness. You are a part of Satan's camp. You are an ambassador of hell. If you're not willing to sacrifice and suffer and say, wait a minute, I'm going to put my ego aside. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way. Because he says right here, the light is only seen by us doing the good works. That they will see your good works. We got to do it God's way, church. You got to do it God's way. Some people say, well, if you do it God's way, you're going to lose. Well, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. I am so sick and tired of listening to the devil's lie and not calling him out. I heard for years, oh, you don't want to do business with a Christian. You don't want to do business with a Christian. Christians are the worst people to work with. You know, do business with. They'll cheat you and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you what. We've owned a company for 15 years here locally that has dealt with thousands of Christian businesses and we've promoted them to tens of thousands of people in the 1.7 million people in this population here in Hampton Roads. And you know, in 15 years, we've gotten three complaints. Three. Three. Tens of thousands of, of communications and things that's taken up, but three complaints against Christians. And when somebody comes to me and now says, well, you know, don't work with a Christian, do business with a Christian, worst thing you can do. I'm like, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm that way. They may not like me anymore, but they probably didn't like me at first place, okay? I'm like, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. I got empirical research in my own business where I've experienced it. We've had three, and, and those three, when we contact them, they're like, we'll make it right. That was a miscommunication. I, you know, da, da, da. They make it right. Because let me tell you what. Now, has a Christian, someone who proclaims to be a Christian ever wronged you? Yeah, because I've had 
tens of thousands of dollars in 15 years, probably near $100,000 owed to me by quote-unquote Christians who didn't pay. I, I do. But you know what? I talk to people in the secular world, and they, they're experiencing the same thing, if not at an even bigger rate, okay? Some people may want to use the name of Christian to get ahead or whatever. Now, did I go drag them to court? No, because the Bible says I'm not supposed to drag my brother or sister to court. So I didn't drag them to court. Somebody said, well, you could have $100,000, Pastor. Well, you know what? I'm going to do it God's way. I want to, I, I'm an ambassador here. Let me tell you, well, without God, I die and go to hell. Without God, I have no hope. And guess what? I was telling Pastor Radika, and she and I were talking this week and last week, and she said, it's time to go to the next level. I just hear in my spirit, God's taking us to the next level, to the billion flow. I was like, whoa, glory to God. You know, billion flow, hallelujah. And then yesterday, we're sitting there at lunch, and, uh, and here's Steve Green. We're having lunch with him, the, you know, one of the owners of Hobby, Hobby Lobby. $8.1 billion net worth, okay? And he's sitting there, and he says, I've got my greatest problem. A great, someone was interviewing while we were having lunch there and asked him the question, what's your greatest challenge? He said, my greatest challenge for Hobby Lobby and the greatest challenge for the Museum of the Bible is marketing it. Things have so changed. It's marketing it and getting the word out. I need and, and to reach the Christian community. And here we are sitting there with, with the world's largest Christian blended media marketing company that, that we now own the whole thing. And we're sitting there and we're like, no way. He didn't just say that's the number one thing. So then we go up to him and say, uh, you know, where were the shepherds guy? Give me your card. Yes, we got, I got my brother-in-law's over this and my, this other one's over the Museum of the Bible. We got to get together. We got to get together. And we're like, a billionaire. It's like, praise God. Okay. So we walked out of there and fell down the stairs. You know, no, no, we didn't. Praise God. <laughs> so do you think $100,000 I've got cheated out of over life? And, and I'm definitely not suffering now because even without it. But this is like, this is God. If you want the favor of God, you got to do it God's way. If you want God's blessing, you got to do it God's way, which means you're going to have to sacrifice and suffer some. You say, well, somebody cheated me. Well, that's a whole lot better than doing what Paul did, being locked up in a prison cell after being beaten and stripped and naked and locked in stocks and chains, okay? So I'm like, okay, I can take this a lot easier than me having to, to go in, in a prison cell or something like that. So, you know, I'm just going to do it God's way. We are called to be influencers for Christ. We, we're called to be influencers for Christ. So let's focus on letting the love and the righteousness and the life of Christ working in us, flowing through us to influence the seven mountains around us. Hallelujah. So I know I'm going to give you seven, but let me tell you, I'm just bullet pointing. We're coming back to this. We're going to deal with these mountains on another time. Some of you say, phew, phew. Okay, we're going to deal with them in detail another time. But let me just, you know, kind of just, just skim over them. Just give me a few minutes. Okay, I know it's late, but, you know, that food, it, you didn't need it anyway. We're fasting, right? Okay, praise God. <laughs> you say, God didn't tell me to fast lunch. Okay, okay. Well, the first one that we want to look at, because I see it as central, is the church. Where people worship God in spirit and truth, and, or, or either they settle for religious ritual. And the devil loves having the church, that mountain, folks settling for religious ritual, and where there's no power, there's no presence, there's no anointing, and it's boring. They, they said, the pastor said after the service, uh, we're having a board meeting in the, in the conference room. And when he got to the conference room, a stranger was there, a gentleman who wasn't on the board. And he said, well, what are you doing here? He said, well, you, you said there was a board meeting in the conference room. He said, yeah, but you're not on the board. He says, what do you mean? I'm one of the most bored people in this church. I can't imagine anybody more bored than me. We don't want to be that church. 
We want to be a vibrant church, a church that's alive, a church that's impacting, because Christianity is under attack in our culture. You can't open your eyes and you'll see it. That, that the church, we must revive our previous strong influence over our society. When you look back at the founding fathers and you find that the founding institutions of education and learning and all the things that were set up in our government monuments and all, with all the scriptures, their foundation stone. The Bible was once the very foundation our country was built upon, and that's why we've seen such God's favor. But let me tell you what, the enemy doesn't like that and has a, brought an attack against it and caused the church to become this lukewarm, uh, you know, milquetoast nothingness in society that gets laughed at when we're literally supposed to be tearing down the gates of hell. The church is tasked at expanding his message through the ministerial efforts in the nations across the world. And then the second one is family, where blessings or curses are passed on to successive generations. Let me tell you what, the family is the centerpiece of any functioning society. Satan knew that. Read history. The great Roman Empire with its Pax Ramona and all that it had. Let me tell you what, it was like the most powerful nation ever known in history. But it crumbled from within. And they said the first, the first stone that started the role of the avalanche of destruction was the destruction of the family. When the family went, the nation went. And I'm telling you what, our families are under attack. The enemy's got all kind of weapons. He comes in with divorce. He comes in with fatherlessness. He comes in with abuse. He comes in with adultery. He comes in with abandonment. He comes in with homosexual marriages. Uh, and all these tactics, anything he can to redefine the family. To where now, pastor has to say, you know what? You, before you have children, you really need to get married. You're supposed to be married, okay? In a covenant with a man and a woman. You have to actually give those kind of details, which is ridiculous. But, but the reason we have to do that is because the family has been under attack and the enemy's been eroding the fabric of the found, a family so, and redefining the family so that the family will fall out of God's order so that the nation will fall as well. And we got to know what's happening. And let me tell you what, some of you have had the enemy bring divorce into your life and there's been fatherlessness and there's been abuse and there's been abandonment and all these things. But those, no, don't, that wasn't God. That was an attack of the enemy. And because you came under attack, don't make you a bad person. It's how you handle it. It's what you got to deal with. So we're going to say, no, I'm going to fight for the family. The family the way God described it. The way God has set it up. And I'm going to honor God. And I'm going to honor God with my family. Our, our first ministry is with our family. I'm telling you, if I can't lead my family, I shouldn't be up here leading you. And I've told my kids that before. I said, if I'm failing with you, then I can't go and lead the congregation. So we've got to have a dialogue and communication. I've got to know where you're at. I've got to know what you're thinking. I've got to know your relationship with God because I've got to care about your relationship with God first before I care about the relationship of God with other people in the congregation. And thank God they love God and they serve God. But it didn't just happen. They came under the same attack that your families come under. We all are in this battle together, but we got to realize what the devil's trying to do, and we got to stand against it and say, no, 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 I'm not riding this slippery slope down with the enemy, this easy path of least resistance. I'm not going that. No, devil, you're not going to have my family or whatever's left of my family or whatever I'm rebuilding in a family. You're not going to have it. I'm going to line it up and do it God's way, and I'm going to get God's favor and God's blessings, God's anointing on it, because this is going to be the influencer that's going to help the families around me in Jesus' name. And then there's the, uh, the mountain of business where people build for the glory of God or they build for the glory of man. 
Which one are you? God wants to increase your resources. God's not trying to take anything from you. He wants to bless you, but He's asked you to participate in kingdom investment. He's asked you to participate in advancing His kingdom here on earth. And He's given us a construct of which we can do that with tithes and offerings. And let me tell you what, just like Steve Green was saying, his family agreed that over five years we're going to get up to 50% of it. That, that may not be you. That may, there's someone uh, that was interviewed here with 700 Club recently that said their goal is to get up by the time they're 50-something years old up to 90%. Well, that's between them and God. But these are people who understand that it's not about me and all about me. It's about the kingdom of God. And if I'll take care of the kingdom of God, God will take care of me. They, this family decided to do that when they lost over a million dollars. They were over a million dollars in the red. And they made a decision to do this. They didn't do this when they took in uh, $5 billion last year. It's been over the years they saw. So now God said, I can trust you to be with the billions because you see, I can trust you with money. Some of you, God's wanting to take you to the next level, but he still can't trust you with money. He says, you're still a thief. You're a thief. You're like, God, come on now. That's not nice. Well, what did he say? You've robbed me. You've robbed me. How have we robbed you, God? You've robbed me in the tithes and the offerings. God's not going to call me a thief. I told Pastor Rodiga, I said, we're going through our books again. We're going to make sure we're ahead of the game. We've always wanted to be ahead of the game, but I'm going to make sure because I'm not a thief. I want, I want to be advancing the kingdom of God, not uh, opting out of the favor of the kingdom of God. Come on now. And then there's education, where truths or lies about God and His creation are taught. And if we're not impacting the mountain of education, the lies about God in His creation are taught, and they're left unchallenged. And guess what? We raise up a generation who do not know God. They don't know God, and they've not seen the works of God. So, you know, we need to say, you can be an ambassador to the mountain of education. You say, well, I don't, I'm not a teacher. Some of you are. Thank God. We need you there. But maybe you could be an ambassador that would go to the school board meetings. How many of you have ever been to a school board meeting? Okay, okay, wow. <laughs> Sorry I asked that. Cameras, pan away. <laughs> Look at the cloud, the flag from Jerusalem. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you could go and sit in, be an intercessor. So I'm here as an ambassador, Christian embassy of the kingdom of God, and I'm going to pray. And many, they are still open to school. Don't they still open with prayer? I've gone many times and they've asked me to open up in prayer. And uh, so you could be there and if they need somebody to open up in prayer, you can volunteer. You can open up in prayer. You could be an uh, ambassador there in, in the education. You could go and, and, and volunteer in the school or help out in the PTA. You say, well, I'm not a parent. Well, you could say, I'm just here. I love the school. I love education. I love children. And I just want to help out and let the light of God shine through you. We want to raise up ambassadors and send you in the education mountain, in the family mountain, in the business mountain, and then also in the government mountain where evil is either restrained or endorsed. And uh, we need the influence of light in one of the most darkest areas because it affects uh, every citizen that lives under that government. And, uh, and you say, well, well I, I'm not called to be the mayor or I'm not called to run for city council. I'm not called, but you could come alongside those who are. And you could bring the influence. You could be a volunteer. You could help. You could be an intercessor. You could pray. Oh my goodness, there's so many prayer caucuses. There's prayer. I've been part of the, the prayer caucus and the prayer team for the presidential prayer team uh, going back into the 80s, the late 80s. I, I, I became, became a part of that. It doesn't matter who the president is. They need our prayer. 
They need to see the hand of God, that their eyes would be open to see the, uh, the, the truth of God and the righteousness of God and their responsibility. Pray for Congress. I pray for the, the, you know, the House and the Senate. We pray for our leaders here locally. We pray for our leaders here in the state. So I don't like my leader. Well, you know what? If they're in a position that God can use them to affect the lives of the people, let me tell you what. What would happen if you just start praying for them? Get your bias. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about being an ambassador for the kingdom of God. What if they got saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost while they were in office? Come on now. I mean, how, how blessed uh, when Mayor Krasnoff was the mayor. He would fill in for me, preaching, uh, you know, praying in the Spirit. I mean, how awesome was it to have a mayor? of this great city of Chesapeake that was spirit-filled and willing to even stand in and teach and preach the Bible. Uh, you know what? We, let me tell you what, that's not, that shouldn't be a, a, a something that's so rare. The reason he was where he was was because, and he'll tell you, because of the mass of people that came alongside and prayed for him and lifted him and Sister Phyllis up during their time of representing our city while we were going forward. We need ambassadors in the government and the media. Oh my! That's where information is interpreted through the lens of good or evil. And it's terrible to say, well, they all, you know, giving it from an evil standpoint. Well, let's do something about it. Let's do something about it. How great it was to you know, you know, have Les Smith here and we see him on Channel 3 News and, and knowing as we met with him individually and he says, you know, I'm so troubled when this and that comes and I can't wait till I'm in a position where I can say, no, let, let's, let's you make a, a, a change on this. And, and I feel like he's in that position now so that there can be a more wholesome and a more truthful representation. You know somebody that serves God is there and we pray for him and we pray for Barbara and we pray for others because we know that we can bring light into the darkness there. You can be an ambassador to the media mountain and then finally the arts and entertainment. And that's where values and virtue are celebrated or distorted. I'm here to tell you, I love every shade of brown. Okay? But I am tired of black and white TV shows. Oh my goodness. If I want to see something wholesome, i got to watch an old black and white. I was so happy in the 70s when we took that old black and white TV with the rabbit ears and the tinfoil that had three channels that went off at midnight. Anybody remember? Okay, I'm dating myself. And we got a color television. Now, this color television was a handy down and the, something about the tubing in it, it was kind of blurred the colors, you know. But it was color. And now here we're in the 21st century and people have televisions as big as their house. Some people have televisions bigger than the house. They have to inflate them outside, you know. It's amazing. And we got all this technology, but now I have to watch the shows in black and white. I got to go to Father Knows Best, and I got to go to Andy Griffith, and I got to go to Gomer Powell to, to, to not know that my ears are going to be accosted with the powers and the voices of darkness. That's terrible. It's because the church says, we, we don't go to Hollywood. No, we don't go to Hollywood. You know what? Guess what? The ones, the Christians who have stood up in Hollywood, the movies have done so well that now Sony is doing Christian movies not because they're Christian, but because they're profitable, because they found out the world feels just like I do. We're sick and tired of the garbage and the sex and the, and the vulgarity and the, the misrepresented lifestyles and their wholesomeness is coming back. You and I can be a part of that. You and I can be a part of that as an ambassador to arts and entertainment. We want to be a church that has ambassadors in all seven mountains. 
who come here, get equipped and encouraged and, equi- and, and we come alongside and we pull together resources and, and we deploy and we are making a difference in all seven of these mountains. We don't want to send you away if that's, if that's not the case. We, but we, you know what you can do? You can do so much today through the digital age from right where you're at. I mean, there's some governments that are run from, from administrators in home offices. It's just amazing what you can do in the digital today. But we got to see it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. Yes, it is. And if you can just help me close this thing out or I'll keep on going, you know. Oh, help me, help me. Glory to God. It's our responsibility. You can make a difference. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. You know, you ever, you ever remember being in school and they're picking teams and you're like, oh, pick me, pick me. Please don't let me be the last one. Please don't let me be the last one. Oh, that's going to feel so crummy. God, God didn't make you the last one. He chose you. He picked you. Hand-picked you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And he wants you to proclaim his praises praises of him who called you out of darkness. Do you remember what darkness felt like? Do you remember what darkness felt like? Do you remember the damnation, the sorrow, the pain, the weight of it? Have you forgotten? Wake up! Have you forgotten? Wake up! Oh, we don't want to go back there. We don't want to go back there. And if anybody's there, we want to help them find the light and the love of Jesus Christ through our influence you can make a difference someone just contacted me two weeks ago I think it was two weeks ago and they said thank you so much for giving putting your CD on my my car it says I, I listened to it and I rededicated my life to Christ and I had to let them know I, I, I wish I could take the credit for this I said but I didn't put the CD on your car I kind of knew who did but uh, I said I didn't put the CD of our ambassadors did one of our ambassadors did and now there's a soul serving Jesus Christ on fire for fulfilling their purpose and destiny because somebody went on their own and made a copy of a sermon that they felt like would touch somebody that was far and away and let them know the arms of Jesus were wide open that they could come home and they came home oh we can make a difference pray and ask God God what do you want me to do What do you want me to do? But before you get the details, I'm asking you in closing today, are you willing to be an ambassador of Christian Embassy International Church or if you're not a part of this church, of the kingdom of God? Are you willing to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God? If so, I want you to stand. And I want you to say, yes, Pastor. God, I'm standing before you. I want you to use my life. I want you to use me. You're standing right now. This is what you're telling. Not me, because you're telling God, God, I am here. I am yours. I want my life to count. I want you to use me. I want you to direct me. I want to live my life for you. And if you're standing here, maybe you didn't stand because you're like, well, I'm not even in the kingdom of God. I'm not even saved. You can be saved right now. The Bible says anyone who calls on the name of Jesus can be saved. Have you called on his name? If not, call on him now. Jesus, Jesus, come be my Lord. Come be my Savior. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. I repent. Forgive me. Just tell Him, God, forgive me of my sins. Come live in my heart. I want to live my life for You. Jesus, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior.
Call on His name. Call on His name. And if you'll call on His name, the Bible says you'll be saved. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are born again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just stand before you, ambassadors, saying, Lord God, deploy us now. As we go into this week, just asking, God, fill me with your anointing. Fill me with your wisdom. Fill me with your power. And deploy me now as I go forth in the name of Jesus. Lord, I commit my life to you. Just tell him, I commit my life to you. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to honor you. I want to be an influencer for you. I'm going to be your ambassador. I am yours and you are mine. And I go in your most precious and powerful name. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. How about turn to somebody and say your excellence or your honor, ambassador so-and-so. Go ahead and greet one another. Bless one another as we go into this week.